Good morning, church. I'm going to say it again. Welcome to the first annual Bluegrass and Barbecue. It's such a big thing, we made t-shirts. Um, and uh, if you're a visitor here, we are the church at Haynes Creek. We believe that salvation is by grace alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone. We sing that, we read that, we preach that, um, and we pray that every single Sunday. Uh, and we really do believe it is, in many ways, that simple. Um, there is a temptation for churches today to make Christianity about um, strictly about denominations and about traditions and about bylaws and about themselves. Uh, but we believe, the Bible, not about what we believe, the Bible is about one thing, and that is the supremacy of Jesus Christ. This entire book is about Jesus. Um, and we believe that Christianity is about the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, here it is. The gospel is the good news that God has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to redeem a wretched people and to adopt them into His family simply by believing that Jesus, both fully God and fully man, atoned for our sin on the cross and was raised on the third day for our justification. That's it. That's why we're here. I think uh, if you're new here, we've started a tradition. Uh, I wanted to make sure that every time we preach, we get that out of the way so that we know what... We need to make the first things first. We need to make uh, the most important thing right out of the gate, and that's why we're here. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, we'll be here. We're going to eat barbecue later. We're going to listen to these guys play um, bluegrass um, but the bluegrass is going to be done, the barbecue is going to be done, you're going to go back home, and Jesus is still going to be reigning on his throne. And uh, we want to make that the reason um, that we're here, not food and music. Um, and so we want to preach the gospel this morning. So in that spirit, if you have a Bible, please turn it to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, or follow along on our screen. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And when you've found it, please stand for the reading of God's Word. This is the Apostle Paul in his letter to the church at Ephesus. And he says through the Holy Spirit, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him and seated with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Father, that is, um, that's a lot to take in. And we still 
have not plumbed the depths of your love. As, as Apostle Paul would say, the great love you have shown us in Christ Jesus. This morning, Father, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would open our eyes. You would make our hearts tender to this message so that it would never grow old. It would never become boring. And that like the saints in heaven, Father, we would spend the rest of our days coming to know the immeasurable riches of the grace that you have shown us in Christ Jesus. And all these things we ask in your precious Son's name. Amen. You know, at Haynes Creek, we make a lot of... um, I make a lot of jokes about the fact that we have... We're we're, we're a church in a triple-wide trailer. That's what we are. Um, But I have friends who have fancy churches. And um, they crack on the fact that I meet in a a triple-wide. And I crack on them for being... Dressing up in suits and going to white-column churches. Um, And I was talking to a friend of mine who has a really big church outside of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Um, in a little town called Olo, Mississippi. Has anybody ever been there? Olo? No? Okay. He's younger than I am, and God's really blessed him with a big congregation, um, what I would call a a white-column church. And uh, I was ragging him the other day about how big his office was uh, and how big his uh, desk was. Um, And I said, man, that's uh, I'm too fancy for that. Um, And he said, well, you know what I keep in that desk? And I said, what do you keep in that desk? He says... On my right top desk, I keep two things. I keep my Bible, and I keep the arrest record when I was arrested when I was 23. I was like, you were arrested? He was like, yeah. You didn't know that, did you? I was like, I didn't. He's like, yep, I was arrested for selling drugs. I went, sounds like he should have been in the triple wide church. And I said, Tell me about that. He's like, well, not much to say. Uh, I was selling drugs and I got caught. And uh, the arrest record is right in my drawer. And I see it and pull it out almost every day. And I went, I did not know that, man. That's, that's pretty legit. And he was like, the reason I pull it out is because it reminds me of who I was. It reminds me what I'm capable of. It reminds me who I am in the flesh. And it reminds me every single day when I go to work that I was dead in my sins. I was running away from God. God sought me, rescued me, turned me around. And everything I have and everything I am today is purely by His grace. And he starts out every single day with that. And then he opens his Bible and starts reading it. Kind of broke my mold of the white column pastor a little bit. Friends, we may not have been arrested. I don't know how many. How many were? No, I'm just kidding. I got arrested. <laughs> I have never been arrested before. I have almost been arrested. I have been brought down, but I have never been arrested. Um, but God wants to remind you, and God wants to remind me, whether you have an arrest record or not, apart from Jesus, you are not a good person. In fact, Paul spends a lot of time in Ephesians, and actually in Romans chapter 3, he says there's no one good. That's why every single Sunday we relentlessly preach the gospel to both the people who believe in Jesus and the people who don't, because the people who don't believe in Jesus need that saving gospel, and the people who believe in Jesus need to be reminded every single day that they are not good people, but in Christ they are saints. I need the gospel as much today as I did the first time I heard it. I didn't outgrow it. It wasn't as if I, uh, I stepped on John 3.16. 
and then I uh, got that over with, and then I graduated. No, I come back to John 3.16 every single day. Every single day, I have the tendency to think that Abby is a really great guy. Every single day, I have to pull my Bible out, and the Bible, God's Word, God's inspired Word, reminds me that I am a wretch saved by a crucified Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is pulling out the old arrest record. Here it is. Here's here's Paul's arrest record. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You followed the world. You followed Satan, the prince of this world. You lived in the passions of your flesh. You carried out your bodily desires. You were by nature children of wrath. Pull it out. Don't forget it. Bring it to you every day. And let that remind you that everything else for the rest of your day is by grace. When, When I'm reading my Bible, I don't skip through that. We should never skip. Well, hold, hold on. He must be talking to somebody else. Let me get to the part where he, talk, where he saves the good people. No, he says that we're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's our arrest record. That was you. And if that is still you, if you haven't been born again, if God hasn't changed you from the outside in, from the inside out, that's still you. Nobody is exempt from that. We may not have an arrest record, but if left to ourselves, we are children of wrath. The problem is that we find people who have been arrested. We find the people who have done drugs. You don't have to go far in Oxford to find people who are living in debauchery. And what our fleshly tendency is to do is to go, well, I'm certainly better than that person. But Paul doesn't give us that option. No, he says we were children by nature. Which means it's, it's who we are. It's who we were. No matter how you try to clean up a pig, a pig is still going to want to wallow in the mud. Why? Because it's a pig. I was a pig. And I got cleaned up. God has to change our nature. I think 2 Peter 1.4 is a beautiful verse. You may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. On this earth, you either have an evil nature or a divine one. You are either only once born or you are twice born. You are either just born or born again. You are either changed by the grace of God or you are like everybody else. You want to see the worst kind of evil in the world? I think one of the worst... (laughs) Somebody's paying attention. Jack Clay, man, I'll tell you. Somebody's discipling that young man. I love it. (laughs) I was actually getting ready to get up now. Now it just ruined me. (laughs) Jack Clay's like, tell it, preacher. Um, I think... Oftentimes, the, the worst kind of evil in the world is a church full of people who aren't born again but think that they are. And some of y'all might be listening to me this morning and go, well, I'll be that. that's kind of my experience. I've been burned by the church. I haven't been to church a lot at all because you don't know really how I was raised. Let me tell you how I was raised. Hypocrisy is how I was raised. I think a lot of us, if you've lived on this earth long enough, you've smelt it, you've seen it, you've felt it, whatever. Hypocrisy is everywhere. And so a lot of people go, well, how can I tell the difference? What's a good church? I've been burned by so many churches. There's so many churches I don't like out there. 
What's a good God-honoring church? What's the best church to go to? And here's, it's very simple. Where you find a church that relentlessly, relentlessly, consistently, routinely preaches the Word of God and the good news of Jesus Christ, you will find people who are changed by that message. Because the Word does not return void. And that's why after telling them they're children of wrath, Paul gives them what? The gospel. After telling them that they're dead in their sins, following the passions of the world, carrying out the desires of the body, verse 4, we have two of the best words you could ever hear, but God. Verses 4 through 6. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Before I came to believe in Jesus Christ, I had good southern manners. But I was living for myself. I was selfish. I was arrogant. Most of the time, nobody knew it, but God knew it. But God stopped me from the evil in my own heart. The good news of the gospel is that God doesn't wait for us to change ourselves. God doesn't wait for us to clean ourselves up. If He did, He'd be waiting a long time. No one is good enough for the gospel. That's why they call it grace. God didn't save you because you were good enough. He saved you because of, Paul's words, His great love. You know what's cool? In verse 7, he gives us a glimpse of what heaven is like. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Immeasurable. Did y'all catch that? (laughs) The people in heaven aren't just happy people. The people in heaven are the most humble people in existence. We will spend eternity in heaven for the rest of it. If you are in Christ Jesus today, you have the guarantee and the assurance that forever, as long as you exist, you will be in eternity with Christ Jesus, plumbing the depths of just how good and just how gracious He in fact is. And that's why I need to go to church. That's why I need the Bible. That's because every single day I am tempted to think that I don't need God's grace But even in heaven, there's an arrest record. Because Jesus still has his scars. And the people in heaven cry, worthy is the lamb. So that even even because there's joy and no sadness and no pain and no sorrow in heaven, there is the reminder eternally in heaven that that the love that they're shown and the love they're receiving in heaven is not deserved and that Jesus did something for them That he didn't have to do. And that's how we spend heaven forever. Proverbs 26.12 is always a convicting verse for me. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. And I'm going to make a confession. I'm a pastor and sometimes, a lot of times, I think I'm pretty wise. I do. That's why I need texts like Ephesians 2 where Paul goes, whoop, 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 hold on. No, 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 you ain't that wise. You're not that good. No, no, here's who you were. Here's who you are without Jesus. Here's who you are without the Spirit. Here's who you are in your flesh, Abby. But God. 
I need God's word. I need the church. I need the community. A church is not an option like when you get off the gate at an airport and they can go, hey, you're going to go to this one, you're going to go to that, or you can just sit down. I think a lot of people treat church like it's an option once you get saved. Here's church for you if you like it. No. I need the church and I need God's word and I need fellowship and I need encouragement. I need sharpening because every single day I am in a ship under rough seas because on every side of me I'm tempted to think I don't need God's grace. And I had a crowd of other people, other believers coming alongside of me and says, you bet you do. And as if Paul hadn't made it abundantly clear, look what he says in verses 8 through 10. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And that is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I had a guy uh, in Atlanta. We went to go see some friends. And he goes... um, Hey, y'all are, y'all are, y'all are uh, driving me to the airport. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill up on gas. Oh, let me buy y'all's gas. Like, no, you're not, you're not going to fill my gas. We'll take you to the airport. No, no, I think it's, it's, a, it's a long way. I was like, well, it's fine. Just let me play gas. We pull to the gas station because I'm, I'm, I'm on empty and he sees it. And he jumps out of his car and runs to the other side of the car and puts his credit card in so that I, <laughs> he has to pay for it. His name's Jeremy. That's something he would do. And I was like, all right, all right, well. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Well, guess what? I just filled it up with like 10 bucks. He's like, you just filled it up with 10 bucks, didn't you? I said, yeah, I did. You're not going to fill that whole thing up. I said, no, I'm not. Why not? I said, because I don't want it. Yeah, you do. It's on empty. I said, well, yeah, I do need it. Well, then why don't you fill it up? And I mean, my wife and his wife are in the back of the car. And I'm like, I filled it up with 10. We're going. And I'm driving to the airport. and I'm going, I'm an idiot. I fill that up on gas. My wife, baby, right now, tell everybody at church how much gas is in your in your van right now. <laughs> she came in there and told me that this morning. I was like, that's what I get because there's no gas. Why didn't I take the darn gas? Y'all seen how much gas is? I did it because I didn't want grace. I didn't want the gift. He wasn't going to give me something. I wanted to bless him. What he wanted to do was bless me, and he wanted to give it to me free. He wanted to do, I didn't have to do anything but plug it in and hit. And I couldn't even do that. And uh, in hindsight, I don't know if it was sinful or not, but there was plenty of stupid in it. And I can't help but think that the people in hell are on an eternal ride thinking, why didn't I just click? Why didn't I just believe? Why didn't I just take the gift? Why didn't I just show up to church? Why didn't I just read the darn thing? Why didn't I just take and accept? You know, the verbs in the Bible, it is a race now. Let's not, let's not overlook that. But the verbs in the Bible... They're not really hard verbs. Trust. Believe. Faith. Accept. 
receive. These aren't really hard things. And I think the, the, the beauty of the gospel, the simplicity of the gospel, is that God's grace doesn't demand anything more than you to say, I'll take the gift. And it is that simple. Why is it that simple? Because God, when we arrive at judgment, the reason it is that simple and the reason we are saved by grace through faith is because, as Paul says, no one may boast. God pursued me, Jesus saved me, the Holy Spirit changed me, and now He created me for good works. That's why a prideful Christian is an oxymoron. Christians are people who are died, crucified, and then changed. There's not much to brag about except in Jesus. God saves sinners by faith alone, by grace alone, and by in Christ alone. I want to tell you all this morning, I want to reiterate, I've never been arrested. I need to say that so a lot of you, in case you all were doubting. But I am a sinner. And a sinner is a dirty, miserable, dark, wretched thing. There aren't cute, cuddly, good sinners. There are just sinners. And that's why Jesus had to take all of that sin upon himself. He had to take all that guilt. He had to take all that wrath. He had to take all that condemnation. And he had to take it. Because if he didn't, no one could. Salvation is not of our own doing, it is a gift. And Jesus took it all on our behalf. Will you believe in that this morning? Will you trust? Will you put it in the tank of gas and just click? Will you receive the gift of Jesus Christ? Will you receive His grace in the gospel this morning? Because we can't count on tomorrow. Because it's a long ride in hell. If you have not received Jesus Christ and been saved and have been plucked from the depths of hell simply by saying, I believe in the good news, please do so this morning. I implore you, together, in this ride we call the church, clinging to the hope of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, what grace you've shown us. And there is never a time like now Never a season like today to believe in the best news there will ever be. Father, I love you. It's because of your great love that I can return love. It's because of your great love that I have a spiritual pulse today. And Father, for those who are not, for those who are living for themselves, who are blind, who are dead, who are trapped, Father, find them, save them, and change them. And all these things we ask in your precious Son's name. Amen.